The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast. I'm so glad you're here, ready to grow your brain, improve your mindset in order to gain the results that you should be gaining in your health and fitness journey, and truth be told, in your life journey as well. And if you're here, hopefully at this point, you recognize that the mental work, the brain work, the discipline work, the mindset work, that has to come first. Because going to the gym and getting in exercise and taking action and doing all these things, it's only going to get you so far and more so only going to last so long if that mental component is not right there alongside it equally or if not stronger than the physical. So welcome to it. Welcome to the MRP, Growing Your Brain to Grow Your Body. I'm your host, Deanna. I'm so excited that you are here. And if you're tuning into today's episode after reading the title, it's probably pretty apparent that you may be dealing with or possibly dealing with some gut health issues. I get it. I, in the last year and a half of my life, have become what I like to call a gut health guru. Uh, Not really, but I've been going through quite a freaking journey of my own as far as my gut health, really my overall health, because the more I learn about it, your gut, you know the saying, your gut is your second brain. It's more than that. Your gut health is, and your gut and your microbiome, it's your brain, it's your focus, it's your energy, it is, you know, your metabolism, it's your mood, it's so, it is the control center, the control center. So when things are funky down there, you can very much expect a super holistic takeover of some negative shit when it comes to everything else. And it's so crazy to me, the more I learn about it and like really kind of pay attention to my body, which is something I've never done. I'm a big, yeah, rub some dirt in it kind of gal, always have been. Uh, But now that I'm kind of like paying attention to my body, I can physically, like I know when my stomach is worse. One, it blows up like a balloon. Like I think physically, yes. But like take that out of it. If the physical side of things wasn't there, I know when my stomach is going through some shit or for whatever reason, it's a little bit worse that day because I'm irritable. I'm cranky. I just want to freaking blow up in the middle of the day for no reason. I can't handle anything. I don't want to get to the gym. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? What's wrong? And not even like around that time of the month either, just randomly. I'm like, oh, must be my stomach. And it could not be more true. Like it controls everything. So we're going to do a deep dive into things I couldn't live without as a gut health girly, but also a couple of things I couldn't live with, meaning things I have absolutely cut out of my life, of my existence for good reason, being on the gut health journey that I have been on for quite some time now. Like I said, I've learned a fuck ton. I've researched a fuck ton. I'm continuing to learn and grow in this field because truly there is so much information out there that I try to sift through what of it I can learn and understand and then also apply, right? That's the biggest piece is like the application portion. So things I couldn't live without, but also things I couldn't live with that had to go absolutely in the trash in order for me to prioritize and, you know, optimize my gut health, which is your overall health as a whole. So we're going to dive into these five things. But before we do, I wanted to just give a special shout out for my brand new app that has officially launched. Power by D is live and I it has been incredible to see the messages, the comments, the reviews from each of you who have joined it, but more so the impact that this app is going to have, hopefully, in your fitness journey long term. 
If you are ready to take your results to the next level, you are tired of feeling like, why am I just not where I want to be? Or I'm doing everything quote unquote right, but nothing's really changing. Or you're you're kind of getting there, but you're like, damn, I feel like I should be further along. But you know those conversations you have where you're like, I just, it's not quite what I expected. A lot of times what I have found for myself and the clients that I work with is that you're not necessarily doing anything wrong. It could be these small tweaks here and there that are going to require you to change in order to take results from here to here, from good to great, great to exceptional, exceptional to holy hell, that girl looks like an entirely new human being. And if that's the level of results that you want, because why strive for average, right? We're striving for exceptional. If that's the results that you want, you need a plan. You need a plan, you need focus, you need structure, and my app can cover a lot, a lot of what you may be missing in your fitness journey. So structured workout programs ranging from beginner, intermediate, advanced, my personal training, my personal training. If you've ever sat there like, huh, I wonder what Dee's doing in the gym. I wonder what her lifts look like. You now know, literally set by set, exercise by exercise, every single thing that I do in the gym week after week after week after week, those are uploaded and added into the app in real time as I am literally doing the workouts. There's nutrition, there's meal prep guides, there's macro calculating guides, there's recipes, there's tracking tips, there's bulk prepping, there's morning motivations and community and so freaking much all compiled in one place because you my love, deserve to feel like the work that you're putting in is working. You deserve to find and face your power. You deserve to take your journey to that next level and feel really damn good about it. So if you're ready for that, you're like, ooh, wait a second, that's what I've been missing, here's your sign. The link to join the app is in the description of today's episode. And you can go ahead and even do a seven-day free trial just to give it a try. Give it a try. Make sure it's what you need, what you like. You know how to use everything. There's a ton of different videos in there that I've recorded as to how to use everything. So give it a go. After that, you can sign up for a subscription for either $14.99 a month or $99.99 for the year, which, oh my goodness, comes down to $8.33 a month, less than $1 a day for literally my heart and soul poured into this app. Does it make me a little uncomfortable that I've made it so affordable when I'm like, this is everything that I have to offer in one space? Yes. Do I know that this is what I'm meant to do and what I'm passionate for and need as many of you as possible to benefit from it? Absolutely. So affordability is my number one concern. Accessibility is my number one concern. And you kicking ass is my number one concern. So go join Power. I cannot wait to see you in there. And it's going to be freaking epic. Now, on to the gut health. On to the good stuff. Important to note, these are in no particular order. These are just five things I could not live without could not live without as a new gut health girly. And I don't mean a girly with digestive issues or stomach problems. You know, those TikToks went around like, you know, hot girls have stomach problems or, you know, what? we're not doing that. We're not just accepting the stomach problems. We're not accepting this as a norm. It's not. It's not normal. Your stomach's not going to feel amazing 100% all the time, optimized to the max, but it shouldn't feel like shit all the time either. Okay. So five things I couldn't live without as a now gut health girly. One, my morning glutamine drink. Morning glutamine drink. I started drinking this, I want to say a year or two, a year and a half, probably right around the time this all started. And then I stopped for a little bit. Lord knows why. I don't know. Things got crazy. Life got crazy. She's back. She's back in the picture. And holy moly, why I ever stopped, I have no idea. Morning glutamine drink. So what I do is I will warm up water. Well, actually I have like a dispenser that gives me like warm, hot-ish water, whatever, in a mug. I'm like, 
a mug full of water, however much water that is, whatever. I will then add in two scoops of glutamine, which is going to be about 10 grams. I use First Forms Glutamine because it's top-notch. They're the only supplements that I use because I actually trust how they make them, what's in it, that the label is accurate. That is the only supplements I will put in my body, point blank, period. Two scoops of glutamine. And then I slice up like one to two slices of lemon. And I put that in there as well. Well, like froth the glutamine in the water. So it's like dissolved in and then plop the lemon in there as well. Super simple. I swear it takes 42 seconds. And the reason this is now something I can't live without a number of different things. Each component, the warm water, the glutamine, and the lemon serves a different purpose. The warm water and the lemon together kind of, I guess they work hand in hand. It's been shown through research to be kind of soothing on your GI tract in the morning, which is good. But then also the lemon is helping to essentially get rid of any toxins that could be kind of lingering from the day before. Because a big thing with gut health, I mean, you got to regularly be going to the bathroom, right? Your gut is responsible for breaking things down and getting rid of the crap, literally, okay? And when things aren't getting rid of themselves, right? Like there's things lingering. A lot of times that becomes sort of a breeding ground for bacteria, bad bacteria to grow and feed off of, et cetera, et cetera. So the lemon kind of helps to flush out any of like the lingering toxins from the night before. Um, and then the warm water is kind of soothing your GI tract. Now, glutamine, glutamine is an amino acid. And I'm going to try to get scientific in this, but also not like overwhelmingly confusing. So glutamine is an amino acid. Amino acids, we all learned this in biology in like sixth grade, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. They are. They absolutely are. However, not every amino acid is the same. They don't all do the same things. So glutamine has two primary functions. Function number one is again, no, in no order. Function number one is gut health. And what it does and has been shown to do specifically when taken on an empty stomach, aka I'm drinking this fasted in the morning. I haven't eaten anything yet. This is the first thing that I will consume. When taken on an empty stomach has been shown those amino acids to go kind of towards your GI tract cells. And they are working to reduce inflammation, reduce stress in that GI wall and strengthen like the gaps and the junctions between those cells. So think about it like a web, right? There's a web lining your GI tract. And that web is super important because it's keeping the bad stuff where it needs to be and kind of creating a barrier between that and the good stuff. And we don't want any of the crap to seek through that barrier, that net. What the glutamine is doing is making sure that that net is very, very tight knit. There's nothing that can get through. When that net is loose and wide and kind of like loosey-goosey open, that's when we see stuff like leaky gut which is essentially meaning that the food that you're eating and digesting and as it's kind of getting processed, it's leaking literally through that net into areas that it shouldn't be and kind of causing issues like bloating or stomach distension or upset stomach, stomach pains, digestive issues, sometimes even nutrient deficiencies because again, your gut is not keeping the good where it should be and the bad where it should be. It's kind of all leaking together, which is obviously not good. And I actually heard a statistic the other day that something crazy like, you know, 80, 90% of Americans deal with leaky gut, uh, primarily due to the crap food that we all consume. Another, a story for another day. But anyway, the glutamine is going to help tighten those gaps, tighten those gaps. So you're getting a better barrier, a stronger barrier, which is going to help you better digest. And then again, the water and the lemon is going to help you kind of move things along. So the combo of the three, I freaking love it. I've been doing it every morning as part of my morning routine and really things that I couldn't live without as a gut health girly, but just a girl in general, like you need a morning routine. 
you do. So if you're in the process of, you know, new year, new me, kind of creating these new habits and routines, you need a morning routine for sure. Uh, it doesn't need to be anything crazy. Mine is wake up, you know, read my, my personal development book, go out on a walk and then drink this drink. Boom, 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 done. It just sets me up for success mentally and physically to start my day. But I highly recommend if you don't know where to start when it comes to gut health, add this in, add this in. It is a very natural, naturally occurring supplement. You're just adding a little bit to it. So just to touch briefly on it, the second function of glutamine, because I know I did mention too, is to help with muscle recovery, which is fantastic. It's a two for one, right? I, I, I get to benefit my gut health and the fact that I'm always lifting. I'm always sore. I'm always strength training. Glutamine is an amino acid that will also help to better recover from your workouts and help rebuild the muscle tissue that you are damaging during your strength training. So I love it. It can also be taken post-workout as well. If you wanted to drink it fasted and you wanted to add in a scoop to your post-workout shake, you absolutely can do that too. So I, 10 out of 10, recommend glutamine. It is something that that morning drink I could not live without. The second thing that I could not live without as a new gut health girly, again, in no particular order, number two is my Primo water filter. I'm staring at it right now. It is bay. I should put a little bow on top. Oh, I love this thing. I love this thing. I love this thing. I love this thing. Hear me out. I don't know why this never occurred to me, but like it's probably pretty important to pay attention to the water that we drink, especially all of us now on our fitness journeys. What's the one thing you hear about water all the time? Drink your water, drink your water, drink your water. How much water should you be drinking? A gallon of water. Okay, cool. Now we're drinking a gallon of water a day. Now, if you're, that's a lot of water. I drink it every day, but that is a lot of water. If your gallon of water is now, chock full of crap from the tap or minerals or bacteria or whatever garbage is in there that we can't see, right? It looks clear. It's clean. And you're now drinking a gallon of it a day. Like, I don't know how in the world this, this filter, this water filter is probably, I don't want to like four or five months old. It's pretty new. It's pretty new. It's not, it's not something I've had forever. It's new. But I don't know why it never occurred to me earlier on in my gut health journey or really my life journey to care about where I drank my water. I don't know. I just never did. I never did. I am not one of those people who can like taste the taste of different water. Like, oh, this water tastes gross. This water, I, I just, I don't have those taste buds for whatever reason. I don't. I don't. My mom is like the most sensitive to it. She won't only drink this water, whatever. That's never been me, which is probably why I've never cared. I would fill my water up wherever, whenever, don't matter, don't care, is what it is. I'm fine. I'm good. That has proven to be, you know, not so beneficial to me and my gut health and the amount of bacteria and parasites and crap that have been living in my stomach, happily living rent-free for the past year and a half. So care about where you get your water. So what I have learned, because again, research, 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 I just, I'm so deep in this hole. I kind of love it. I'm going to be a freaking gastroenterologist in my next life. Just mark my words. I kind of love it. Anyway care about where you get your water. And what I've learned is I used to have a Brita filter. That was like what my boyfriend and I had at our last apartment. And it was like the, actually might not even been Brita or pure, maybe like P-U-R. I don't know. We had one of those filters that attaches to your faucet and your sink, which I thought was great. Like, obviously I've never been someone to like drink the tap water either. Like that wasn't me. I would never fill up my glass at like in the sink growing up. Like we had the fridge, you know, water where you'd fill your water up there. Um, if it came down to it and I had to drink the sink water, like it is what it is, but it wasn't really my go-to. So we did used to have that pure filter on the tap. 
uh, in, in the kitchen. And then when we moved to our new apartment, we couldn't do that. Like the faucet isn't the same spout. Like you can't put a filter on it. So we're like, oh shit, you know, how are we going to drink water? Cause I drink a gallon of water a day. He drinks a gallon of water a day. Like that's a lot of cases of water to buy. I'm not buying all that plastic. Like it just, we needed something. So we got a Brita filter, one of those really big ones that you fill up and then you keep in the fridge. And it's like pretty, it's like probably like maybe, I don't know. It's pretty big. I would say gallon, two gallons. I don't know. Anyway, so we did that. And then I'm reading and learning and reading and learning and nothing against Brita. This is not me shitting on that brand, but like you're basically not even doing anything. Like by using that water filter, like you're really not filtering out any bit of what you should be if the goal is to truly purify your water. So sure, maybe it's better than drinking straight out of the tap, but like by like 1%. And I've read a bunch of stuff too with like the city of Charlotte's water quality over like maybe 10, 15 years ago was terrible. It's improved since then, but I'm like, how do they know that? Like who's testing this? Like I'm not taking my chances. So we don't use that Brit anymore, which has led me again, research, research, research to the Primo water filter. So what this is, it's like a freestanding thing in my kitchen and it dispenses either cold water or hot water. There's like a feature on there. And Primo is the brand, P-R-I-M-O. I think I got it at Lowe's. There was like a discount. Anyway, um, it filters the water, obviously, but then we also buy the Primo like five gallon jugs that go underneath it. So like the Primo brand specifically and why I went with that, it's like the nine step reverse osmosis, blah, 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 where it's like the purest water you can find, which is fantastic. So the water is purified. Great. The filtering system is purifying it again. Great. And I feel a whole lot more comfortable filling up my giant hydro jug from there over and over and over again throughout the course of the week than anything else. So that's been really helpful for us. And we're super lucky too. the grocery store that we live very close to is like carries the Primo jugs and the Primo like dispenser filter. So I think it's like $2 and 50 cents to refill this five gallon jug that, I mean, we need to refill it pretty frequently. We drink a lot of water, but I think cost wise, very efficient. Um, the Primo itself, like the big standing thing, I think I got for like 150, 160 bucks, which again, big investment that I think pays off quite a bit. Is that more expensive than the $20 Brita? Absolutely. Is that worth it to me in long-term health? Absolutely. And my boyfriend kind of like stuck his nose up at first with like, why do we need this big old thing? And now he's like, I don't know how we went without this. So I definitely recommend, I'm going to try to put the links to all of this stuff too in the description as well. If you are in the, in the need for something like this, or you've been looking for something, it's been really helpful for me. The third thing that I could not live without as a gut health girly are my digestive walks, okay? Not a tangible thing that you can have, hold, or buy, but something I could not live without. A digestive walk, exactly as it sounds. You are walking to help your body digest. Lo and behold, makes an enormous difference, and it is free 99. There are so many things out there that people will try to sell you to reduce bloating, to digest better. I even had a client the other day telling me that her doctor just told her that she should be taking either Miralax or Metamucil every single day to help with digestion, like indefinitely. And like that pissed me off so bad because to rely on a medication to just have your body do exactly what it's supposed to do, to me, like that's not a solution. 
that's not a solution. And it just, ugh, it drove me nuts. So digestive walks, what it's doing in exercise and movement, it's helping your body and your digestive system kind of stimulate it a little bit to aid in that, you know, processing of food. The worst thing that you can do after you eat a meal, especially a bigger meal, super calorically dense, or you're just maybe like running a little low on calories and you got to kind of bulk up your dinner, whatever it is. The worst thing you can do is eat and then sit and sit and sit. And a lot of us, myself included, have jobs that, you know, we're sitting behind a computer screen all day, all day. So we're eating our lunch and we're back behind a computer screen. We're eating a snack and we're back behind a computer screen. And we had our breakfast in the morning. We drove to work sitting and then we're behind a computer screen sitting and we're sitting and sitting and sitting and sitting. It's so bad for your digestive system. Okay. It's, it's just, it's slowing everything down. And then again, we have unprocessed food in our gut because we're not really helping it digest, which then lays the foundation of a breeding ground for bad bacteria to feed and grow and the process continues. So if you can, and I always talk to my clients about this, get outside as bonus points, but get up and get moving for five to 10 minutes after you eat a meal. That's it. Five to 10. If you can go longer, fantastic. Go a little bit longer, but it's so incredibly important. It stimulates your digestive system. It allows you to process your food. You're not just sitting there. You'll feel less bloated after you eat. You'll feel less full after you eat. You help with your metabolism a little bit because you're moving a little bit more. Hell, you'll get ahead on some steps, which is just a byproduct. But this is so helpful. I notice an enormous difference in my digestion and how distended my stomach is by the end of the day if I do or don't do my digestive walks. That's it. And I made my family and my mom and my boyfriend, I, when I was in uh, New Jersey on vacation on the beach, like I would bring my little container of food of chicken and rice and ground turkey, sweet potatoes when, you know, shit was real bad with my stomach and I couldn't eat anything except for these exact meals. I would bring them to the beach. Obviously my whole family's like, you know, hanging out, meet my meal. And immediately upon finishing my food, well, you know, within like five minutes or so, you know, I'm not like putting the fork down and like running to get up. But quickly after I finished my meal, I'd like tap my mom. She's like, oh, digestive walk time. I'm like, hell yeah. And like, it was so nice to be able to walk on the beach. I mean, talk about just total stress relief. Like I'm helping my body and my brain and my digestive. It was fantastic. So bonus points if you can get outside for that walk, but it really does make a big difference. And if that is totally not possible for you during the day because of work situations or life situations, I would strongly suggest making it a very big requirement minimum at the end of the night. Like after that last meal is consumed, before you're winding down for the night and you're going to be sitting in bed and sleeping and whatever, five to 10 minutes. Commit yourself to that and I promise it will make a big difference in your digestion. The fourth thing that I could not live without as a gut health girly is a good pair of comfy sweatpants. Hear me out. Hear me out. Bloated days, they're going to happen. For me, they happen a lot. They happen every single day. Every single day. And there is no feeling more uncomfortable than putting on or having on or wearing your tight ass leggings or jeans, feeling like a freaking stuffed sausage for hours and hours and hours on end. Like it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable enough to get bloated and feel bloated, like really bloated. I'm not talking like you had a meal and like the food's digesting. Like if you deal with these issues, you know, you know, it's a completely different feeling. It feels like you just ate four Thanksgiving dinners in a matter of 30 minutes and ate 12,000 calories. And you're like just sitting there so uncomfortably distended where you're like, I cannot even breathe. In those moments, the worst thing you can do is have your tight leggings on where you're then passing by the mirror and you're catching how bloated your stomach is. And then you're getting frustrated and you're getting annoyed. And then you're trying to kind of suck it in a little bit because it's uncomfortable and the leggings and then just stop, stop. 
please stop. I tried to do this for so long where I'm like, let me just dress cute and like my stomach will cooperate. And then I was like forcing myself to like visibly have to like suck in all hours of the day because I felt so uncomfortable. I mean, hear me out. If you don't know my, my, my gut health journey, you're probably like, damn, what, like, what is going on? I I went through and still I'm going through the thick of it. And I, I don't mean this in any sort of exaggeration at all. Like most times when I eat food, you know, past maybe my breakfast onward for the day, like if you were to look at me in leggings you know, my stomach is further distended out than my ass is. Like, no joke. Five months, six months pregnant is kind of what I what I typically look like. It's that bad. It's that bad. So if you're not at that level, and I pray to God that you are not, um, you're probably like, oh, I can like deal with like a little bloat. And like, that's great. But if you're like me and you have those days where it's beyond uncomfortable, grab yourself a pair of comfy sweatpants. Stop trying to fit yourself into a mold of what you should be wearing right now and wear something that's comfortable. Put a baggy sweatshirt on, put some comfy sweats on. You don't need to be staring at your stomach all day. And like as a gut health girly going through this and trying to figure out what's going to be best for me, like I have to recognize, guys, there's going to be days where it's not good. It's going to happen. You're going to feel bloated. You're going to feel distended. And maybe this has nothing to do with your gut health. You just get super bloated with your period or your cycle or that time of the month. Like same thing applies. Stop making it harder by staring at it or, or trying to wear the tightest pants possible. Like be comfortable. Be comfortable. Know that it is short term. For me, it helps twofold to have a gigantic sweatshirt on where I'm not trying to suck my stomach in. I'm not self-conscious about other people looking at me. I'm not feeling like I can't even breathe right now. I'm so full. I can just like let it happen. Let it happen. And obviously that is 0% solution for the gut health problems that are causing it. But I think mentally during this time, that's been a really helpful factor for me. It's a good old pair of comfy sweatpants. So the pair that I love that always comes to mind that I'm like, if I'm wearing those, like my boyfriend, Zach, like he knows, like my stomach is bad. We're not, we're not doing so hot. Um, the pair that I have that I love, they're from Brandy Melville, which I got them from PacSun, but they're Brandy Melville brand. Uh, and they're just like a light gray, whitish kind of color, but they're just like super comfy, super comfy. I love that brand. I feel like they're fairly affordable. Like they're not crazy. Um, and they're just, they're just nice. They're soft. They're comfy. They're cozy. I don't wear them to the gym or anything. So I can keep them like semi nice. You guys ever have that where you have like gym sweatshirts and like regular sweatshirts or like gym sweatpants or like you just you don't want to get that sweatshirt like sweaty gross so it's like designated for certain things yeah these sweatpants are designated for me at home chilling hanging out when my stomach is crazy so get yourself a pair of comfy sweats and i promise the bloating will go down last but not least on my list of five things i couldn't live without is a good personal development book in the bathroom okay in the bathroom we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about it being on my gut health journey, dealing with, experiencing, having to go through more problems than I care to admit. It kind of blows my mind that I'm like this unhealthy looking as healthy as I do. You would never know. You would never know. There's a lot of time that you will spend in the bathroom. Okay. Point blank period. It's, it's a thing. And I feel like at this point in my gut health journey, like I talk about poop with my clients a lot. One, it matters a lot. Two, it's very dependent. Like how you feel is very dependent on your digestive system. I got to know if you're going or not going or what fiber looks like or how your body responds to certain foods. Like these are regular conversations. And for me, I have found over the last year and a half, I have spent a lot of time in the bathroom. Most of the time, just kind of sitting and hanging out. It's been great. It's been fantastic. Now, what I used to do is just sit there as we all do on your phone right? You're sitting there and you're on your phone. It's an easy distraction. You get lost in social media. All of a sudden it's been, you know, 45 minutes and you're like, holy shit, 
Like what's, what's going on here? And you're so absorbed in your phone, all fine and good. However, I have found that let's make this time a little bit more beneficial. So I always, always, always keep a, some sort of personal development book in the bathroom. Okay. I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm expanding my brain and I'm less frustrated sometimes by the fact that I'm sitting there for as long as I am, if I'm reading a good, helpful book. So if it's fiction for you, fine. I just like the fact that I'm like learning and growing um, during that that time, if you will. So that has been helpful for me. Couldn't live without it. Definitely helpful to not just sit there and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll on my phone because another goal for me for this year is to like not do that. Obviously, I work for my phone. Social media is a big part of my job and I do have to be on there, but the mindless scrolling, I really could care less about. So any opportunity that I have to not mindlessly scroll, I will take. And usually I replace that with either talking and hanging out with people and like being present in the moment or reading. So that's, that's a piece of advice that I have is like, don't, don't go in there and just get stuck on your phone, right? If you're, if you're in there for some time, read a book, do something productive with your time. Thank you very much. Now, there are a couple of things that I can no longer live with knowing what I know, having gone through what I've gone through. I just, I won't, I won't care for it in my routine anymore. I don't buy it anymore. I don't use it anymore. Like things like that because of what I've learned, just different course of action. And I think that that type of stuff is just as helpful. Like we want to add things in. We want to, you know, use certain things. We want to benefit from that, but also like where in our lives can we cut back on certain things that are potentially causing problems? right? We don't want to just look for the solution. We want to look for the cause. And that's a big issue, big bone that I have to pick with the medical system most of the time is treat the symptoms, treat the symptoms, treat the symptoms without any sort of looking, caring, doing as to the why. Why do we have the symptoms? What caused the symptoms? How can we alleviate that? How can we be proactive instead of reactive? So yes, comfy sweatpants, that's reactive. That's reacting to the situation at hand, which in the short term will help you feel a little bit better. Is that helping the cause of the issue? Hell no. Is something like replacing your water filter system helping the issue? Yes. How many times has your doctor suggested that you replace the water filter you have at home? I would argue zero. How many times are they going to prescribe you with a laxative? Probably more times than that. It's frustrating. So a couple of things that I can't live with any longer. First of which being running around like a lunatic, multitasking, doing this, doing that, working all while trying to literally scarf down my food at the speed of light. I will no longer ever do that ever. If it comes down to it, I'm super hungry, but I have to get on a call or a meeting, or I got to go somewhere in like the next five minutes. Like I will wait not eat and wait until that thing is done, even if I am very hungry, and actually sit down, slow down, and enjoy my meal the way food should be consumed instead of scarfing something down, practically choking on my food to get to the next thing, to rush to the next thing. Like I used to, I send a lot of voice memos through my coaching and I would be like, take a big bite, like chew, 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 swallow, and like right into the voice memo and be like practically choking as I'm talking, just trying to get work done as efficiently as possible and this and that, and I don't have time to eat. And Okay. There's no glory in doing that. There's no glory in being that busy. Nobody is that busy. If you don't have five minutes to eat your food in peace or 10 minutes to eat your food in peace, like we got to do some rearranging here. So for me, like that is something I will never be okay doing. And I did it for a while because I'm a productivity monster. Like I just, I love to do things as efficiently as fucking possible, as many things as I can do. Multitasking is like my middle name and that's all fine and good, except for when it comes to your time to eat. Because for you to be able to digest your food 
your parasympathetic nervous system needs to activate, rest and digest. For that to activate, your sympathetic nervous system, flight, fight or flight, has to shut off. It's not shutting off if you're eating while cooking, while on the phone and trying to meal prep for the next day and also, you know, trying to sweep the floor. What, what about that is rest and digest to you? Anything? Nothing to me. So all that's doing is, again, ramping up that fight or flight, which produces zero help to actually digest the food that's coming in. Your body doesn't even know that food is coming in. Never mind being ready and prepared and able to properly digest it, absorb the right nutrients, get rid of the crap, keep the good stuff, you know, digest it the way it should, move it through the GI tract. Like the muscles of your stomach and your intent, they're not even ready. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, there's food here. Like slow down, slow down. I will never do that again. I will never do that again. It's, it's so bad for you. And again, if there's a way around it, please take the way around it. And I know sometimes and you're in a crunch, like you're going to scarf down your lunch. I get it. I'm not saying it's the worst thing for you every now and then, but if that's your every day, you're eating breakfast as you're running out the door for work. And then you're scarfing down lunch before you hop onto a meeting. And then you're eating dinner because you're rushing around before you got to go here. Like, <sighs> I think it's so worth it to take a deep dive into your schedule to figure out a way to slow down before your meals. And if you really want to be the queen of gut health, and this is not something I'm very good at doing, but need to get better at, if you can sit there and box breathe four seconds in, four seconds out for one to two minutes before your meal, it helps to activate that parasympathetic nervous system. And then you eat nice and slow. You're chewing each bite. You're taking your time. You're breathing. And then you can box breathe one to two minutes after that meal and then get up and do your five to 10 minute digestive walk. Holy moly. I could solve all your gut health issues right there. Maybe not actually, but a lot of them. Okay. And it's going to take a little bit more time, right? That's two minutes before, two minutes after, you know, 10 minute walk after that, like your meal time is going to take a little bit longer, but we only have one life to live. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in feeling like crap for it any longer. So please slow it down when it comes to meal time. The more I'm learning about food and the food industry and, and, Again, I will absolutely be doing its own podcast episode, probably multiple, once I have gathered enough information to like effectively convey what I'm trying to convey uh, on this list of things I couldn't live with anymore is just the idea of and the act of eating half of, if not more than half of my day's worth of food from a package or from something that is packaged up. Like I could, could not be me could not be me. The biggest blessing of this last year and a half of following a meal plan of the same meals every single day, all days of the week, repeat, 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 repeat of nothing but entirely whole foods, which trust me, drove me absolutely fucking bonkers for a long period of time. But, but the best thing that could have come out of this time, truly, truly speaking, we don't need crap. We don't need crap. We don't need food that's shitty or food that's practically poisoned or food that has been completely processed 55 times over that you don't even really know what you're eating. We don't need that. We don't need that. And I used to be the, the chronic snacker. Like I would have breakfast. I would have dinner. Hands down always. Why? Because I freaking love breakfast and I kind of always knew you're supposed to eat dinner. The meals in between from, I don't know, 9 a.m. till 7 p.m., a whole lot of shit lots of snacks, lots of processed things, things that were healthy, right? It's a Nature Valley bar. It's it's a, a pack of fruit snacks. It's, you know, maybe a couple Oreos. It's, okay, maybe that's not healthy, but you get what I'm saying, like, or a protein bar or this microwave pop this in the, 
fine, good, whatever. I was never like the eat shit all day kind of person. I mean, I was an athlete my entire life. So like between the, the four and a half seconds of me running home from school, having to get changed and eat something and jump back in the car to go to practice, you know, at the age of like six, like there was no time for crappy eating. I wasn't eating something crappy, but you know, the Eggo waffles in the morning, probably not the best. The Eggo pancakes is like a snack that you just pop in the microwave, probably not the best. The, you know, honey bunches of oats, which I love honey bunches of oats so freaking much, but just like the cereal as like a, eat that on the way to practice. Like that's not correct. Like I just, Knowing what I know now, obviously I would have done a lot different, which everybody can say about every phase of their journey for any aspect of life. And that's part of growing and learning. But if there's one thing that you need to gain from this episode today is like stop eating more than half of your calories from something that is packaged up with a shiny label on it. Okay. Like there's no need. Eat food. If you're hungry, eat food. If you're not that hungry, eat less food, not snack, 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 dinner. That ain't it. It's wreaking havoc on your digestion. It's super hard for your body to process. You're gaining minimal nutrients from any of it. And essentially all you're doing is feeding the crap that's going on inside and then wondering why I feel like crap. And it's my favorite conversation to have with any clients that I start working with too when like digestion isn't great. And I'm looking at food logs of, you know, package this and protein source that and then this Greek yogurt with 55 grams of sugar in it and then, you know, cereal as a snack and then we're having another protein bar and then, okay, cool, we're having like some chicken for dinner. It's like, oh, my stomach's killing me all day. And I want to be like, um, well, I kind of know why. And I do say exactly that because I would be doing any of my clients a disservice by not being totally transparent in what I'm seeing. And I'm not an expert in the field, but if I know something that's going to help you feel better, you bet your ass I'm going to relay that information. Hence why we're having this conversation today. So stop eating most of your food from a package. What does your breakfast consist of? Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That sets the tone for the day. It starts your metabolism. It gets you going. It's breaking the fast of the last couple hours. Like what are you putting in your body? Is it a freaking microwave breakfast sandwich? Is it some processed ass, you know, sausage that you're having? Is it is it a protein bar on the go? It, like, we got to do better. If gut health is something that matters to you, and it should matter to all of us, whether you're facing symptoms or not, stop eating your crap from packaged crap. <laughs> it, it really does come down to as simple as that. The more you can eat whole foods, meaning that when you're staring at what you're about to make, you could go find that out in nature as is give or take, the better. The better you'll digest, the better you'll feel, the more energy you have. And I am a living, breathing proof of that over the last year. I didn't eat a single packaged anything. My meals were eggs. My meals were ground bison, grass-fed ground bison, green beans, zucchini, you know, white rice, brown rice, like food, food, chicken, cucumbers, veggies, like food, food, food. The only like quote unquote snack, I guess you could say is like, I used to have like a rice cake with peanut butter which of all things, like that is as least of a processed anything as you can have. The only ingredient in the rice cakes I would buy would be like oats. Like that's it. Done. So stop eating shit that's just packaged up. Now going off of that, something that I couldn't live with anymore kind of coincides. The ingredients in food. I was never, ever a read the ingredients type girly. Why? Because like I know what's healthy versus not healthy. If I'm walking through the grocery store, I know that there's a big difference between, again, a Nature Valley bar and picking up, you know, a, a packaged thing of Oreos, right? I know that there's a big difference between, you know, just a, a penne pasta, like hard pasta, you know, in a box versus like the craft, you know, mac and cheese. Like I know that there's a difference. So like for me to read the ingredients, I never really did because 
to be honest, like I didn't really know what I was looking for. And like in my head, I had a general assumption of like what was healthy versus what wasn't. Now, the deeper I'm going into this journey, the more I'm understanding that that ain't true. And it sucks to say that, but the foods that we deem quote unquote healthy are now being, you know, enriched and fortified and, and added to all this crap that, that you don't need. Like, why is there sugar in bread? Like, why are we putting artificial sweeteners in bread? Oh, I know because the more sweeteners that go in the bread, the more we like the bread, the more we crave the bread, the more we then eat more foods throughout the day and the more likely we are to buy more bread. It's a giant fucking scam. And again, I I could go, I just watched a documentary on this too, which is probably why I'm all fired up about it, but I could go on and on and on about it. Just check the ingredient labels, okay? Read the freaking labels. If it is longer than your grocery list that you went to the store with, do not buy it. If you cannot pronounce more than half of the ingredients on there, do not buy it. That is a general rule you should live by. There is no need for the food we consume to be, you know, unpronounceable, foreign, you know, substances. It's like, damn, I'm I'm just trying to have a slice of bread, you know? So another thing that I've been reading and learning a lot more about too is the fact that they use and enrich the flour that's used in practically every baked good ever. Not even baked good, like anything baked at all uses enriched flours. Crackers, Ritz crackers, bread, English muffins, bagels, everything uses enriched flour and fortified. It's fortified. And like, I used to think, I don't know. I didn't think anything to be honest. Like I never read that and was like, I wonder what that means. I didn't really care. Didn't really care. Now I do care. And I'm glad that I care because enriched or fortified means that they add folic acid to what we're eating. And our body cannot digest, cannot process folic acid. If you want to learn more about it, go research this. Literally just Google search. A million things are going to pop up. It's not good for you. And it's a big reason why if you go out of the country to Italy to, I had a client who just went to Jamaica, like just eating the food there. And they're like, I just felt better. I didn't feel bloated. I ate 10 times more carbs in Italy with the pasta and the pizza. Like I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel gross. I didn't feel bloated. I didn't feel distended. I didn't feel sluggish. Yeah, because they're not enriching their food with with poison practically. They're not doing that there. And for whatever reason here in the good old USA, we're allowed to do it. I don't know. I think it's nuts. I think it's absolutely crazy. Same thing with the amount of artificial sweeteners in products. Uh, It's one thing to buy a product that should have artificial sweeteners in it. Maybe it's like a low calorie option or whatever. And like, that's fine. But things that shouldn't be in there. Seed oils is another one. I've recently learned about how bad seed oils are for you. Never knew of such a thing. Uh, Palm oil is in everything. Okay. Palm oil. Like you just read it. Like, okay, palm oil. I can pronounce that. Cool. Go look up what palm oil is. Go look up what seed oils are. And I, I, again, this is just me relaying information that I have learned, whether it be entirely true or not, I don't know, but I'm going to sure as shit remove these things from my diet if there's any chance of me feeling better without them. And the problem is it's very hard to do that. It's very hard to remove certain items, certain additives from your diet if you're eating anything that has been processed at all. So (laughs) it's very hard then to adhere to that and be totally whole food based all the freaking time. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So I'm not sitting here suggesting anyone completely flip their diet upside down because that's a very hard, very big ask and a very big undertaking. But if you can slowly but surely start removing things from your diet that just don't make sense when you're really thinking about it, you will start to feel a whole lot better. Your gut will thank you. Your mood will improve. Your energy will improve. Your digestion will improve. Your bloating will improve. Everything will start to get a little bit better. And to me, that's worth doing.
So there you have it. Five things I couldn't live without or live with as a new gut health girly, someone who actually cares about my gut health and has learned quite a bit from personal experience, unfortunately, but a lot of research, podcasts, documentaries, you name it. It's a fascinating topic to me, and it's something that I absolutely want to continue to pursue my education in to deliver little tidbits that I think are actually useful for you. Cause that's the hardest thing is like weeding through the research and, and the trials and the experiments. Like it's hard to digest that. But if it comes down to like, Hey, make sure you the food you eat doesn't have palm oil in it. That's a very easily applicable solution, right? Like that, that can be digested. That can be like, okay, I can do that. When I go to the grocery store, I'm looking at ingredients. I'm trying to make sure there's no palm oil. Got it. Cool. That's what I'm trying to deliver with today is like actual tidbits that you can use and implement to your routine if you are looking to improve your gut health, aka improve your overall health. So I'm happy to answer any questions. Like I said, I will be definitely diving deeper into a lot of these topics as I continue to learn more in my own journey and my own research. Uh, but thank you all so, so much for tuning in. We'll continue this conversation over in the Mental Reps Podcast Facebook group. I'd be happy to have you in there joining in, learning more, continuing to grow, and I'll catch you guys next week.